coming up. Readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland-approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb stormlight. Hone sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Venators? This is Steven and Josh with yet another Dresden review. You thought we were done. You thought you were done with us doing Dresden reviews. That is, but we were reminded quite a few times in the comments <laughs> of our previous videos and episodes that we need to read the short stories and how dare we not read the short stories. So we have heard and we have read the short stories. And so we are reviewing side jobs today. And then uh, myself and Ben are going to review briefcases. A little bit later but josh the short stories did we make a big mistake by waiting until now to read them yes and no i mean okay so here's the question there are there are several comics are we now going to be lambasted for not having read the comic series <laughs> that are out you know because at, at a certain level you just need to say you should be able to be able to follow along with what's in the main core story arc and get by without you know, the random short stories. I do like how he's collected them all into side jobs and uh, briefcases. And that I think that does allow him to refer back to them more so than if they were just all, you know, scattered around and you had to go find the random anthology that they were included in it, you know? And let's be fair. Like these are very minor things that come up in the, in the plot points of the main books. I mean, yes, there's some things where in our videos we're like, no, we didn't quite understand that. And people say, well, if you read the short stories, well, okay, yeah, like that, that's fine. But at the same time, it didn't take anything away from our reading experience of the main books. Well, I think he's walking that line pretty, pretty thinly. Like, because if we do all come away with the same question about a kind of not major, it's not major because you still follow the plot just fine. But it's more than an Easter egg. You know, it's like somewhere in between being an Easter egg and being important to understand what's going on in the story. So um, he's kind of right on that line right now, which is a good place to be. So we should have done our homework and we should have read them before now. And that said, I really liked reading the short stories. I thought it was great that there was yet more Dresden that I hadn't experienced yet. It was fantastic. It just kind of gave me a, a taste of some of these older books that it's been a little bit. It's kind of fun to get peeks into characters that you don't see quite as much. I mean, a lot of side characters get more of a chance to shine on these short stories. You have characters like Guard, you get a Thomas POV, you get, you know, much more on Michael. I mean, Michael's in the story quite a bit, but you get kind of the backstory of what was going on in some things that weren't quite notable enough for Butcher to put into the main books. And I loved it. I, I really liked side jobs. I, I enjoyed almost every story. There were some that were like, what the heck was that? But for the majority, I really liked them. So just to clarify my position, I'm like 10 out of 10 happy that these stories exist and that I get to read them. Not saying that every story is 10 out of 10, but like, I love that these stories exist. I think that yeah. he, there's a, there's improvement that could be had on how he incorporates these stories into the main Dresden core books. You know what I mean? That's where I think that he could be doing a little bit better job of that 
but I'm super happy that these stores exist. That That's my like take on the whole, you know, process of it. Nice. So let's talk. We're going to go through each of them, not each of them, well, maybe the main ones and just kind of get some main points here. I don't think we're going to do a full plot walkthrough on any, on any of these. And we should clarify that although Side Jobs was published, I believe it was published after changes, it's listed as book 12.5. So, I mean, if, when you get down to aftermath, that's post changes. Anyway, even though it, that's where it is in the Dresden verse, we are going to be talking full spoilers through Battleground. So if you haven't read Battleground yet, we're going to talk about things that happen in Battleground. So don't listen, please. Like, read all the books and then come background. I guess that's our bad for not doing this at the appropriate time in our read through. But yeah, what can you do? But there will be major, major spoilers for Battleground. So, and maybe we'll get one more warning before we say the major one that I know we're both thinking of, but yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be in the very first story. So if you have read Battleground, again, now is the time to stop listening and go read the book because it was fantastic. Check out our review of that one. And if you like Fantology Books and want to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Fantology underscore books and online at www.fantologybooks.com for our full catalog. So let's go into story number one, which is called The Restoration of Faith. And I think we're going to do our main battleground spoiler right now because this was awesome to see Harry and Murphy's first interaction and also heartbreaking knowing that Murphy was killed in battleground. And it's, man, it makes me really think that like Butcher must be bringing her back in some fashion. I mean, I know we were explicitly told in battleground that it wasn't going to happen, but there's no way like she's been so core to the whole thing the whole time and you see it here yeah dude i think i texted you right when we started reading this or posted on the discord that it's emotional going back and getting this first meeting with them it really is and it was handled well i thought and just made all the better by knowing how amazing of a character murphy is going to become and i think butcher it just shows how masterfully butcher does characters yeah, it's really fun to see them. They're both young. They're very different characters than in our most recent read of Battleground, obviously. But you kind of still see, you know, the beginnings of that friendship and romance there. And then it's fun to, as a reader to know what's coming, but then also see the very beginning. So for that one reason, the story was great. I mean, there was some other stuff like the troll under the bridge and Harry's beginning, saving a little girl, very much Harry Dresden. Fun stuff, but the main thing was Murphy. And it's kind of like going back and watching the first Iron Man and being like, holy cow, this character does grow a lot throughout the entire yeah, series. Yeah. And that's how it is with Murphy and with Dresden and with a lot of these characters that you see. You know, they're well done at the beginning, but just when you see the growth that they go through from that first scene yeah. to the last scene, it's amazing. Yeah, Butcher did, he did a fantastic job of setting up characters that had this room to grow and he definitely takes you along the journey. So story number two is called Something Borrowed. There's another good progression here with Billy and Georgia, our werewolf pals. The werewolves, I thought, were in the short stories quite a bit more than they are in the main book. I mean, they're kind of here and there in the main books, but they had a, a pretty big hand in, in several of these stories. So that was fun. And they have some good progression here as they get married, you know, taking from the beginnings of, of these teenage werewolves and seeing how Harry's influenced their life. This one had a stronger tie-in to some of the main books. I think Summer Night and Proven Guilty especially. So maybe this is one where you're a little more critical and you're like, well, you know, what was the point of having having that tie in? Like it wasn't 
maybe quite as tight as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I think that this was really interesting to see that Harry is friends with these people. Because I feel like a lot of times in these books, you do get the relationships and that's what makes these books really great. But you don't get a lot of time to sit and like enjoy it without a bunch of other action going on. And so these short stories, while they are action packed, you get to see, especially at kind of the beginning of them, that Harry likes these people that he's come to associate with. Yeah, they're not just Dresden's tools to be moved around as he tries to unravel the latest mystery. They are his his friends, literally. And, and it makes the, you know, what happens to them all the more impactful for, as the reader. Yeah, I like that. This one also had some good plot here with like the evil stepmother and the sleeping princess and the magical kiss. It's very Dresden. Yeah, kind, kind of, of a Dresden take on a little fairy tale. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next one. This was the, oh, this is not the Thomas viewpoint, but this is one with Thomas primarily. So this is, it's called, it's my birthday too. It's Thomas's birthday and Harry goes to find Thomas to give him the present. And he is like LARPing with some of his friends and they have this whole showdown at the, at the mall. This one I thought was pretty good. Like I really liked the action in this one. This was a full on story for me. Yeah. I also like that you saw Thomas being a nerd. Because so much of Thomas's veneer is that he's just the cool guy, yeah. and Dresden's the nerd, and I don't, I can't think of another good friendship to compare it to in literature. Well, here's a good example. It's like when people figure out that the cool guy Stephen actually has a fantasy book podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I think that this is more the Luke Skywalker and Harrison Ford. If we're going, you know, Dres- okay, sure, Butcher sure. always likes to put you know uh, Star Wars references in his book, so I think that's a good one. But I like yours too, Stephen. <laughs> yeah this is also i like the uh the carrie white thing that was going on here with Drulinda, who was turned into a black court vampire and she comes back and she's like you know you guys cast me out and you're gonna get it now and i remember as a kid seeing carrie accidentally and being terrified so this had I a strong tie over for me do you find kid in this steven because i think we've been through this before and you're i don't so like lovely. scary movies very much and sure maybe i was like 16 years old but <laughs> I still, I was still scared. Okay, dude, I, I haven't seen the movie, but the book is pretty scary. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not much for for horror itself. So Dresden is about as far as I go on some of these things. Uh, one of the funnier parts in this was when he was getting help from the cobs at Shoegasm. Great name, by the way. But he goes in and he breaks the shoes, and the cobs are horrified, and they're like, "Please stop! Don't don't break the shoes. We'll help you with anything." Stuff like that makes Dresden fun, man. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And then also there's some good action. You actually saw Harry use some earth magic where he uses that gravity spell to crush the vampire in in half. He says he has to prepare it more so he can't use it all that often. But I I thought, you know, the short stories was, again, a a way for Butcher to kind of showcase some things that Harry doesn't do as often. And this is one of them. And then the finale where he's got the garlic all mashed up in his mouth and he spits it out in her face. That was great. That was awesome. I still think I like Toot Toot taking out Dracul with the garlic and Battleground, but this was another cool use of garlic as well. And then at the very end, you have a good relationship moment with Thomas when Harry gives him the Rock'em Sock'em robots, or he says that's yeah. what your president was going to be. And that's that's kind of sweet. Like It shows you know Harry's upbringing and, and his uh, sensitive side here. I mean, that stuff... 
that cheesiness is why you love Dresden, you know, because it really is pretty cheesy, but it's like cheesy in the most lovable way possible. Well, I don't even know if that's like, that's fairly believable. I think like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I wanted these and now I've got a brother. Maybe it's cheesy that you would actually give your brother the it's robot. Cheesy. If you think yeah, about okay. two grown men that are usually out slaying demon, literal demons together, giving. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. But it's lovable. It's wonderful. I'm not criticizing it because it's something where like you hope, I hope that I would have the guts to, you know, do that. Okay. Next one's called Herot. And this is one, this is one with Harry and guard tracking down the missing bride into undertown and there's the whole fight with the grendelkin and mouse is involved and there's a cool illusion spell and you get some backstory on guard and find out she's a valkyrie i mean that's not really hidden per se but it actually comes out fully here the story was like yeah whatever but the grendelkin was kind of cool yeah this one was one i find myself tuning out a little bit in because i didn't really feel the stakes in it you know, yeah. it just felt like I was like, okay, I'll move through this one. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Maybe it's because it didn't have really a lot of other characters that I really cared about in it. That's fair. I wasn't super into this one. I did think the use of the runes that Guard was doing was kind of cool. And listeners will have to let us know if she does this elsewhere. I was trying to think if there's another book where you see her do this, but she like snaps the Sunder rune and it you know collapses one of the tunnels or something like that. So that type of magic was cool, like a whole new magic system that Butcher's just throwing in here for guard. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so next one, this is a weird one, Day Off, where Harry, there's like a lot of weird things happening here. Starts with Harry messing up this role-playing game. I think it actually starts with like the point of view, point of, view of the wizard casting a fireball and Harry's like, well, that's not how a fireball works. And they all get mad at him and tell him he has to buy, I think, the, buy the beer for messing up the fun, something like that. And then we go into like this thing with the poser kids who are wizards. And then you have these psychic sex mites that are on top of Andy and Kirby that Harry's got to help with. And then Molly's making this potion and then she appears topless for some reason. And then Lucio comes in at the end because Harry's dating her and walks in on the whole scene. Like this is a, this is a weird one. I didn't, I, I don't know. Explain this, Josh. I thought this was just funny. I, I, cause I think this one was supposed to be, in a collection of short stories of horror authors writing comedy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was funny and and that's a good point that these things are not necessarily purely written to be published just in general. Like there is a point, a theme for them. We'll say. Yeah. So if you take that theme of like, let's have horror tropes being turned into like slapstick humor, then I think this one works a little bit more like, um, little demons investing investing you that really just turn you on and make you want to go crazy you know that's very funny the the potion that's going to destroy the world just making the girl go topless like that's these are just kind of horror tropes that are turning to slapstick jokes for this story yeah it worked in as much as the theme allowed it to work i think it's possible that i completely missed the point on this one but for me reading it as like what is going on here? I think it just story. turned you off because of, you're a dungeon master when we play D and D, and you're like, get, <laughs> I can see you getting annoyed if someone wanted to question you too much on something. Yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah. I I can be a little arrogant in, in situations like that. All right, next one's backup. This is the Thomas point of view. There's two different points of view in side jobs. You have a Thomas one Murphy at the end, obviously. 
this one was cool. I thought Thomas's point of view was fun. You don't see Thomas's voice nearly as much as you do in the other parts of the book as you do here. So he has a good unique voice. He can be kind of emo sometimes. It's it's cool to see that. And this whole Oblivion War thing with the Venators, that was interesting. And then the fact that he's all like secretly working around Harry, what Harry's doing, and he's outsmarting him and he's kind of making fun of Harry at the same time in his voice. This was a solid entry. Yeah, this was fun. This shows you that, first of all, you never really want Harry and Thomas to go against each other because we don't know how that would turn out for Harry. You know, like Thomas yeah. is secretly, not, maybe not so secretly, but Thomas is not someone you want to mess with. And he can even do magic a little bit. He's got that tracking spell going in this one. Yeah, I feel like Harry always feels like he needs to protect everyone. And I think part of the story was to show you that Thomas doesn't really need protecting. Which is good considering that, I mean, more than one time Thomas has been held for bait and been hopeless, helpless. I mean, including the current situation of the Dresden verse. So I'm glad to see Thomas actively doing things because I'm tired of him being shunted to the side as bait. Yeah, that's true. The other thing is, I don't know. I don't know if this makes me like that more or less because for one, okay, one of my major issues with the whole recent two novels, Peace Talks and Battleground, is the Thomas subplot. And I felt like it was just a plot thrown in and I'm going to get roasted for this. I know it, but I felt like it was just a plot thrown in to make Peace Talks like actually have some stakes in it. And I know I'm going to get roasted for saying that, but I feel like that even more so after reading this story because we still don't mm. really know why Thomas got taken captive in the first place, really. I mean, we can speculate, but yeah, we don't know 100%. Yeah. And so I I still don't know if we're going to get great answers to that. And this is showing how capable he is. So the fact that he's in the current situation he's in after reading this, it just kind of took something away from reading the short story after I read Peace Talks and Battleground. I mean, he's going up against Nemesis. That's, yeah. So do we think Nemesis is the one that imprisoned him? You know, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. weird. We don't know exactly why. Maybe right? I just need to be have come on Discord and tell me what I'm missing here. But um, I just kept thinking of the current Thomas situation reading this one. Yeah, I do agree that someone who's as cool as Thomas, and we see this in backup, to just have them be held captive and be this plot device where we've got to save them. It's like, really? Like, why aren't they as capable? Why isn't Thomas as capable as Harry? Because certainly just as powerful, and Harry is never this helpless yeah that that's my point is i feel like harry wouldn't have just walked in and gotten captured i mean he could like you could see harry getting captured i think that's one way that he could get neutralized but the fact is that we don't have a good reason as to how that happened with thomas whereas we would need to get one for harry and we haven't gotten it yet, so yeah thomas gets the shaft a little bit i mean harry's kind of always the hero like and, and this one's good because you see that you see thomas outsmarting Harry, Harry's like, he makes fun of him. Oh, Harry's, you know, doing his spell in his fake Latin and his booming voice. And I'm sneaking around and I'm going to take the book. And Harry has no idea what's really at stake here. So, yeah, yeah that, that was great. You get fun moments during this story that I did enjoy. Okay, so my favorite story from this one from Side Jobs was The Warrior. The Michael and the Carpenters story after Small Favor, right? So after Michael's been crippled. 
And I like this one because of all the small moments, especially the end when Uriel comes in and tells Harry about all the small things he did in the course of the story, making a difference. And one of the themes of Dresden, of course, is the fact, you know, this good versus evil battle that's going on and the decisions that Harry makes and, and, you know, where does he lie? Where does he fall on the whole moral scale? And this was great for that because Harry's always kind of doubting himself. And there are a lot of really good messages in The Warrior. I liked this one a lot. Man, there are so many good short stories in this one. I, I agree with you. Like going back and talking about all of them, it makes me realize how many great ones there are. But yeah, I love Michael. He's one of my favorite characters in the Dresden verse. I'm sad he's not in the stories as prevalently anymore, although I understand it, you know? Yeah. And this was just a great one. You know, you see a dad, like if anything could push Michael to the edge, it's seeing his daughter hurt. And Mm -hmm. that was so believable to me. Mm -hmm. Like I obviously after reading it, you know that Michael didn't kill somebody that was helpless. But, but he was like going that direction. Like, like he was kind of going with bad intentions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just talked about the boys. So no spoilers for season two of the boys. But there's kind of a similar scene at the end of at the end of season two. Oh, yeah. With a, with a adult father type figure going at someone with, the, you know, so, some death in their eyes. <laughs> but even connecting it back to Dresden, though, after Harry sees what's his face the cop that killed murphy rudolph rudolph it makes it a lot more understandable that he would kill him and even when you have a knight of the cross albeit maybe a retired knight of the cross but yeah bottom line is there weren't there wasn't anything drastically bad done to his daughter you know it was scary and traumatizing for sure i'm not arguing that but like he didn't kill her right and now harry's seen the love of his life killed it certainly mm-hmm. reframes that scene in Battleground. Wish Harry would have just done him. Like, let's get rid of Rudolph here already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, as I talk about making right choices and staying <laughs> on the right side of the moral line, but that was, uh, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Still not okay with that. But yeah, the, those moments where Uriel was like, hey, you know, you stopped the drunk electrician. And you pulled the girl out of the road and you alerted them to the abuse that was happening. All these small things that Harry does. And it's great because Harry doesn't even think about those things as his main goal. It's just like, well, this is who he is as a person making these correct choices. And this is a great reminder from Uriel to Harry. Like, Harry, you're so concerned about the fate of the world, the fate of Chicago and and making and dealing with all these heavy choices. Yet, don't you realize that who you are as a person like who you've built yourself up over these years is a very basically good person who's making a huge difference and honestly like that's a good reminder to all of us like I, I feel the same way sometimes where I get real concerned about you know making sure that I'm always making all these big choices correct choices on on larger scales but at the same time it's like well in my day-to-day interactions like I'm basically good so th- those are things that drive us as human beings maybe yeah. In the end, you don't know if you making an effort to strike up with somebody that looks lonely is going to be what saves their life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because now they they had a positive moment that day that they weren't expecting to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you just really don't know. And so it is a good reminder to yeah. let, the, let the small moments 
remind you that they have big impacts. I agree. Yeah, I love that idea. And I love that Butcher was, I think, inspired by some neighbors of his who came to him and said, like, hey, you helped us out in a way that he didn't even recognize at all at the time. And so that kind of got him thinking about this idea. That's cool. Okay, three more. So last call and love hurts. Kind of the points of both of these is that Harry and Murphy have some chemistry. And so in last call, this is one of the poisoned beer at the United Center. And we get into this Maniad, Maynad, I think Maynad I'm going to go with, the Dionysus girl and Murphy are like getting it on. And then because of the poison beer, again, you know, we have this magical sex drive thing and Murphy admits that she wants Harry and then Harry kind of saves the day. So, you know, not a whole lot to that story other than the fact that these guys are going towards something eventually. And also the fact that if you want to take Mac down, you just, you know, slip him some, you know, laced beer and then apparently he's out of commission. His whole place is out of commission. That was a little bit weird to me, though, that like you think that all the wards and stuff protecting Machinelli's that that would have protected against some yeah. spear. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, apparently it, it apparently didn't. <laughs> It's funny to see that book start or that story start where he walks in and he smells the smell of, of meat burning and he's like, something is horribly wrong. There's no way this could ever happen. Yeah. Okay. And then in Love Hurts, this is the one at the carnival and Harry and Murphy are investigating this weird love spell that's going on and they end up in the Tunnel of Terror or something like, maybe it's the Tunnel of Love, some kind of tunnel ride. And <laughs> Again, they start to fall in love with each other and then they realize that, wait, this is too good to be true. And there's this magical seatbelt that this red court vampire has been, you know, putting the spell onto in order to get back at the white court. So small stakes, it seems like. But again, you know, the Harry Murphy relationship is the point. So this one was this one like was really tear jerking because you see what good times Harry and Murphy could have had if they would have figured out how to love each other sooner. Yeah. And how their time really was cut short. Yeah. You know, cause I think we're meant to assume that in battleground or in uh peace talks, that was like the first time that they consummated the relationship. Right. 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 And that was what? 24 hours before Murphy died. Pretty, pretty dang close to it. Yeah. Right. Maybe 48. I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but Yeah. And so you just kind of wish that, man, they could have had something great. And I also did like the moral justification of the Red Court that like, oh, it might not be real at first, but they think it's real and it's going to be real once they give it enough time. So who's mm-hmm. this really hurting? You know, I thought that was fun. And obviously, yeah, it is immoral, but it well it depends on how you define morality. If you define morality as bad things happening to people what bad things is happening to anyone you know so it was fun it was interesting to think about okay so aftermath is our last story inside jobs this is from murphy's point of view takes place right after changes and murphy's investigating harry's death she doesn't want to ever say throughout the course of this one that harry's actually died and other characters are kind of freaking out about it she tries to make the best of things and she holds it together really well but i mean you you see that eventually later in the story she does kind of break down over it 
Although, you know, she's very, very strong woman, very strong character. And she's able to deal with Dresden's death and come back really well. But anyway, like, how do you like Murphy's voice actually hearing from Murphy directly, Josh? I really liked it. This one was, I think, my favorite short story. There were a few things like the whole Martian bit was overplayed. I thought, you know, it was funny at first, but then. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. Spoke, spoke Martian for blah, uh, blah. Like the, the grunting and yeah. Yeah. Like it was funny at first, but it was just overplayed, I thought. Yeah. Real quick point of clarification. Do we know that Dresden was back when this was published or was this still like Dresden was dead? I don't know. I don't know exactly when these were published. I mean, I th- he probably said something about it at the beginning. Every every story started with a little intro. I can't remember. So let us know on Discord what, yeah. what that actually was. Just that changes the framing a little bit. Like I think everyone obviously knew that Dresden would be coming back in some way. First of all, because yeah. it's written first person, right? So we still have to figure out how that all comes together. Like as he's sitting right. down at desk writing these, there's still that kind of first person mystery going on. Second, because there are more books planned and that's not a secret, you know? Right. So I thought it was a little bit like, oh, well, there's no body, you know? So, you know, he's yeah. back that last line at the end. If there's not a body, they are not dead. That's our phantology guarantee for any fantasy book. No body, no death. Yeah. But I did love seeing Karen go kick butt. Like she just went and, you know, she went in with her uh, smarts and her martial arts and took down like a whole child trafficking. Yeah, she took down the whole FOMOR trafficking ring pretty much on her own. Yeah. With no extra magical abilities. That was so awesome. And I'm so glad we got this story because it was great to see it. And it's really plot important with the whole Fomor coming in and then her kind of like assembling the Chicago Guardians, if you will, with uh, taking on like Will as her lieutenant and uh, and then seeing Marcone and like where he was at with the whole thing. And I thought there was a lot of really important things that I wish I had probably known when exactly. starting to read Ghost Story. Yeah. My other thing is one of my kind of criticisms was I never felt like the Fomor were a huge threat when I started reading yeah. Battleground and uh, Peace Talks. And so I feel right. like I would have had read the story. I would have understood the threat a little bit more. And I did like how this was foreshadowing that threat. And so this story, I think, was my favorite story out of the bunch okay so that's a wrap for our our story recap let's do our worst of the best segment so michael and kate take it away the worst of the best with so many exemplary moments in this book it's almost unfair to nitpick but that's the segment it's the pimple on the princess the stain on the satin and the terror before the triumph the unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Thanks, guys. And as they say that, quick reminder that Phantology is supporting BooksForPrisoners.net, which is a charity, a nonprofit that is dedicated to getting books into the hands of incarcerated individuals to help with rates of recidivism. So check that out for sure. So Josh, what was your worst of the best moment from Side Jobs? My worst of the best, I think, had to be, I know I just mentioned it, 
but the over the top way that Jim Butcher handled Karen's Karen Murphy's like uh, explanation of grunting and man talk and talk and Martian talk. Okay. <laughs> I know I just talked about it. So I'm sorry, not, I'm not bringing something new to the table, but that just stuck out of like my favorite, my by far my least favorite part of my favorite story. I thought it was funny at first, but it just it's like, yeah, I don't need to keep hearing this, you know? Okay. So I promise we didn't plan on this, but I'm actually going to double down Ooh. on your opinion and, and give you a little bit more here. So yeah, my worst of the best was actually Murphy's voice that Aftermath was written in. I thought it was the best because we got a story from Murphy. It was a great story. Her character was great. But just the voice that was presented here, it didn't seem all that different to Dresden for me. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but look, like this is just a purely a writing criticism here. And I feel like it was just as if Dresden was still writing the story, but Murphy was driving the ship. I don't know. It was just, it wasn't all that different. It felt like Harry still, except for the fact that, like you say, we were, we were reminded over and over that she was a woman dealing with these Martian men and she was undersized and taking on the world, etc. And so it was great getting Karen's character, but at the same time, it was like, she didn't sound different than Harry. And Thomas did. Thomas had a really good, unique voice. So this was strange to me that we didn't get a little bit more distinction, I guess, yeah. in the writing. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. But let me know if yeah. I'm way off. You, you didn't really get to feel like you got to know Murphy a lot better from getting a hundred pages in her shoes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because I feel like after reading Backup, I know Thomas better, but I don't know Murphy any better. And maybe that's because I already know her super well. And she is a great character. So there's a positive to be said there, but like maybe there could have been a little more. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We are going to cover briefcases fairly soon. And then we're going to do a Dresden tier list where we take all 17 books and stack them up S to F or however we want to rank our tiers. But I'm excited to do that. So thanks for uh, tuning into another Phantology episode and we'll see everyone next time.